Paul Champanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music-related topic. Then we watch video clips about the topic and talk about the click clips. Kirk, that is what the show is. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who started listening in the past year wouldn't know it. I have no idea. Because that's our the format we did for the first three years. Yep. And not the fourth year. <laughs> so fully 25% of our entire show is now not that but we're back to it yeah fuck yeah we are so if you're new you're probably going wait where's the top fives not happening top sorry top fives fans that was something we (laughs) did just to tie you over for (laughs) for 15 months for 15 during a global pandemic yes uh yes no the format of the show is we record this in each other's presence and we watch youtube together and talk over the clips which is weird because you can't see the clips while you listen. Uh, and then we're talking over sound. But it, we, we, it's fun. It it's, works. We like it. Question. Yeah. What's a music video? <laughs> it's a thing that they invented in the late 70s. Okay. And then they you wouldn't know they still do it. Okay. Actually. Actually, I discovered like Apple Music streams as a channel now. I did not know that. So you can just watch... Like current pop music, music videos streaming twenty four hours. It's like early MTV, where it's just it can just be music oh, videos wow. twenty four hours a day. Who knew? Yeah. So I can see the new BTS's butter. Yeah, which I love. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be BTS, and then the new Bieber, and then <laughs> Dua Lipa, and then the new and then Doja Cat, and then I know all those people. I'm actually like really into current pop music, and I don't know if it's just because I'm on TikTok, which is just like, that's what the delivery system for yeah. pop music is now. In, like, it's like what the radio it, it, used to be, that's what, what MTV kids, used to be. That's what my kids, that's how they get their music from from TikTok. Yeah, it could just be because I'm discovering music yeah. from t- TikTok. But I honestly think that, like, pop music fucking rules right now. There's good stuff. Doge Cat's fucking great. Yeah. Dua Lipa's great. St. Vincent, although she's been around longer, but she's out with new stuff. I can't stand St. Vincent, but I take your point. Well, then this will be the last full episode <laughs> we do. We're going to go back to top fives. <laughs> top five ways Paul's wrong about music. But when I worked for Billboard, yeah. which I don't think I ever mentioned on the show, I used to say I worked for a music magazine, yes. but I, they laid me off last year, so whatever. Them. I used to work for Billboard. But like when I started working there, I was like, oh, I should get, I should start listening to all this stuff. Yeah. I'm an old man. I don't know pop music. If I'm going to work for Billboard, I should familiarize myself with the yeah. stuff more than I am. And other than Billie Eilish, who I loved immediately, mm-hmm. I just like couldn't get into anything. You couldn't get into like... And that was only a year and a half ago, two yeah. years ago. Um, but lately, I mean, I love Dua Lipa. I love, I love, I like, like Bieber put out a new album at the beginning of 2020 mm-hmm. and I listened to it. And I I liked Bieber in the past, but that album he put out in 2020, I was like, nothing on this grabs me. Zero. Oh. But now he's put out a new album this year, and there's, like, bangers on it. (laughs) You're getting younger. Yeah. I don't know. I love Peaches. I don't know who that is. No, no, no. That's the song on the Bieber album. Oh. And it's not a cover of the uh, President's album. I was literally, that was my next fucking question. And also, Peaches is an artist who you should know. Peaches and Herb? No. (laughs) No. Like a way old. Peaches was an Electric Clash artist in like the 2000s. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that some other He's time. He's going to be a nice episode. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, pop music is great right now. Yeah. And uh, if you like it, then uh, watch, spend, turn on Apple Music in the background. When yeah, you're check it out. Maybe see something. Um, but that's 
decidedly not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're doing today. The exact opposite. Our topic, anything that's on Apple. Our music. topic for our first episode back uh, is definitely not 2020's pop. <laughs> no. Today, what are we talking about, Craig? We're talking about college rock. College rock. Yes. Now, by college rock, we're not we're not talking about bands that formed in college we're not talking about the music that we individually liked in college no if people don't know what college rock refers to basically it's what they called alternative rock in the mid to late 80s yes it was a it was a quote-unquote movement right because it was college radio rock Mm -hmm. it was the type of music that that it was on the fringes from the mainstream, and so you would hear it on college radio stations where like cool music nerds would play it. Yes, wouldn't hear it on the radio. So no much. stuff so, very rarely yeah. played on on mainstream. Left radio. of the dial. They yes, call it. left of center. Right, one might say. In fact, Rhino put out a box set about fifteen years ago called Left of the Dial. That was a oh, great college rock. That's probably really good. Four disc compilation that uh, was excellent. See, for me. It is because I was around in the eighties, and yeah. that I I was right in. I was a teenager right when the college rock sound came out. Mm-hmm. But for me, it wasn't because I was listening to college radio. Right. It was all because of my theater friends. Because I did theater, <laughs> and I didn't listen to that music because I was listening to Prince and Full Force and Ready for the World. Right. All I know what one of those things is. You know, Ready for the World. I, I know Full Force because for you me, yeah. brought it to the show. I have no idea what Ready for the World. Oh, is. Sheila. Oh, oh, Sheila. Okay, that's... Love you it sounded I think exactly maybe, like Prince. I think maybe I think we've you had this argument. On the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I did theater in high school, and yeah. all my friends didn't listen to that. They all listened to college rock. So, like, to me, it's just being in their cars as we all tried to smoke cigarettes <laughs> and be cool and serious and them just playing music. And, and some of it, I was like, this fucking sucks. But then there was stuff I was like, this is really good. I'm really yeah. happy I know about this. Well, it helps if you hear it for the first time while you're smoking cloves in a car. Yes, definitively cloves. Yes, Yes. like pre-rehearsal, driving around, smoking cloves, talking about our parts, and and they're playing. Um, I tell you what, it's not on here for me is R.E.M., but that's like to me the definitive. Well, it's funny you should mention them because they are, I was going to ask you like, when someone says college rock, who's the first band you think Oh, it's of? R.E.M. Whether or not you like them, yeah. it's R.E.M. So let's just start with R.E.M. Oh, look at that segue. And get it out of the way. Because, of course, I picked R.E.M. Like I told you on the show before, you know, Spotify, every year they give you your year-end mm-hmm. wrap-up. They tell you the songs you listen to the most, the artists you listen to the most. And at the end of 2020, they did a decade wrap-up for users. Mm-hmm. They, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And R.E.M. was my most listened to band of the 2010s. That's fucking amazing. I guess that makes them my favorite band. I don't know. I mean, yeah, by just numbers, right? If you just if you had to objectively yeah. like use data to decide what your favorite is, yeah. what I listen to the most. That would definitely be it then. Yeah. For me, R.E.M., when they came out, I was like, ugh. They fucking suck. I hate them. But because of nostalgia, now I go, oh, actually, no, they're pretty good. Like, their songs, a lot of their songs that I listen to, and I go, oh, I don't hate it anymore. I actually kind of like it. Yeah. It's most definitely nostalgia. Yeah. But I do enjoy it now. I mean, it's it's both for me. I have a weird trajectory with R.E.M. Because of my age, like... R.E.M. was very much college radio rock in the 80s when they were on IRS. Yes. And then at the end of the 80s, they signed to a major label. 
And then they really exploded just like college rock turned into alternative rock in the 90s and became the mainstream. Yeah, it became the music. R.E.M. became like an arena band in the 90s. I very specifically remember hearing Losing My Religion on the radio for the first time and it sounding like nothing I'd ever heard. Mm. Um, and, And having that experience of like hearing R.E.M. for the first time and Having not heard anything from the first 10 years of their career at all. It started in 1991 for me. Yeah. And the first CD I ever got when I got my first CD player in 1994 was R.E.M.'s Monster. Oh my god. So for me, like my experience with the band starts in the 90s when they're the biggest band in the world. That's so funny because for me, I almost feel like you, after I say this, you might be like, God, I wish I was there. Yeah. For me, it's hearing one of my friends play his tape of Dead Letter Office. Yeah, I love Dead Letter I know Office. You this did. is their rarities and B-sides. It's their rarities yeah. and B-sides. And I remember going, this sucks. But then they did the cover of Superman. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, this is good. I really like Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, to me, it was like Dead Letter Office. I'm like, who the fuck is this band? Yeah. No, I, I, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I really kind of discovered their early stuff. Yeah, which you probably love. Well, yes, now, like, the 90s stuff I still like. Some yeah. of it I can take or leave. Some of it I can definitely leave. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's nostalgia built into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I got I got New Adventures in Hi-Fi oh, for yeah. my 14th birthday when it was brand new. Oh, my God. But I discovered all the early stuff. So, for me, the early stuff isn't early stuff for me, but it is way better. And so, yeah. I'm, now I, I like, unironically, like, the early stuff is better. Yeah. I wasn't around for that time, but I know that it's better. But I'm opposing because I discovered it in the 2000s. You discovered like, it from yeah, their, basically weird. their biggest hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Their Grammy Award. Like, have you heard Murmur? <laughs> Murmur came out in 1983. Um, really good. Yeah. It's kind of underground. But let's get to the clip. I picked out a fun clip. This is from uh, 1985. Okay. This is a clip from a show that was on MTV for a couple of years in the mid-80s called IRS, IRS Records Presents The Cutting Edge. Do you remember a show called The very, Cutting Edge? Very, very vaguely. It was sort of a pre-120 yes. minutes, like, here's yep. here's college rock. Yep. But it wasn't videos, it was bands doing like, so like one band would have an episode and they would they do like a little mini concert. Talk. Yeah. An interview and a mini yeah. concert. So... This is this this must be around. I couldn't find an exact air date, but I'm guessing 1985. Because mm-hmm. on REM's episode, they did a few songs from Reckoning, their second album, and a few songs from uh, Fables of the Reconstruction, their third album, oh, which yeah. came out in '85. That one. So I'm like, okay, they're promoting their new album. It's yeah. got to be like '85. And they did a couple covers. They did Smoking in the Boys' Room. They did Louie Louie. They did Smoking in the Boys' Room. Pre Motley Crew. Wow. Yeah. Good on them. But this is them doing Don't Go Back to Rockville, which is from Reckoning. You might know that song. I might know this one. This is a song that was, like, written in a country style, but sort of, but it's performed, it's performed like R.E.M. doing country, because they are country boys, they're all from Georgia. Yeah. But Mike Mills wrote this one, it's a Mike Mills breakup song. And I like this performance because Michael Stipe is really goofing on it, Mm. and you don't think of Michael Stipe as a goof. But he seemed like he was in a mood when they were shooting this. Because he's really acting like silly. Oh, yeah. And Michael Stipe isn't silly. No, I don't associate And like much. the first verse, he sings it like like really country, like cartoony country. Like he's making fun of it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird and different. 
And I also just like this clip because I don't know where they shot it, but it looks like they're hanging out in a loft space. Uh, and it just look it's got a real hangout vibe, and they're all so fucking young. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see how So I, yeah, I don't think you're gonna like this song, but I think you'll appreciate looking yeah. at these like early twenties baby faced REM from nineteen eighty five. Here we go, ready? We're watching videos, Paul. Yeah. There's Michael Stein. Oh, look, he's a freaking child. All his hair. And it's just so hair. much hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's being a little silly right now. He's being a little stinker. Yeah. But then eventually he drops it and it just becomes a really nice acoustic version of the song. Nice shades indoors at night, oh, yeah. Michael. <laughs> yeah, with the baseball cap on. It was that even a baseball cap? I don't I, know. It's some weird hippie hat. I don't know what that hat is. I've never seen a hat like that. It's not even like a floppy hat. No. Why is his acoustic guitar so big? I think that is uh, mariachi bass. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's not going to play it, he's just going to hit it? Yeah, he's just tapping it. Bill Berry, the drummer, just playing a shaker and a tambourine. I like him. Just, yeah. He was a cool guy. Yeah, for me, R.E.M. ended when he left the band. They didn't do that much after, though, did they? They did. Yeah, they did. That was 96, and they oh, didn't break up until 2011. Right. No, that's way off. Ugh. Okay, now I know it. Yeah, don't go is, back to your eyes. Yeah, though. this is one of their well-known songs. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Totally know this song. Yeah, yeah I don't like the country version of it. The other one's okay. Look at Mike. That's Mike Mills, right? Yeah, that's Mike Mills. You are 12 years old. So. <laughs> uh, Michael Stipe being the youngest would be 24, 25 here. Wow. And Mills is like... 26 maybe where's the other dude I forgot his name we'll see him Peter Buck ah Peter he, Buck he's that's the right. oldest I think he must have been 28 yeah. they're all in their 60s now that's crazy yeah. wasn't the big thing too or like if I recall they're like Mike Mills is like a great harmonizer yeah he is yeah, yeah. in their later years because I guess because he wrote this song and it was real personal he would sing lead on this live oh okay so you can find lots of live versions where Mike Mills just sings it I just like the hangout vibe of this. Yeah, this is very like rough M- around the edges. Yeah, MTV yeah. mid. They've only been around for like four or five years. Yeah, and you can't find. There's a bunch of clips from this episode and other episodes, but nothing complete. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Michael Stipe is very young. <laughs> yes, and still like. I mean, kids copy that look today. Yeah, that's cool. There's Bill just <laughs> shaking that like, shaker. He's like just thinking about his grocery list. Not shaving the middle of his eyebrow. Nope, that guy. I lived for my brow, the yep. unibrow. Before Anthony Davis, basketball reference. I'm glad they knew to have the camera on him for that stop moment oh, where yeah. he stopped shaking the shaker. And then... We still haven't seen Peter. This doesn't even look like MTV. This looks like a home video. Oh, okay. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Wow, he looks young, too. It looks very much like a home video. That's why I yeah. love it. This must have been a great show. Yeah. Because I saw... There's, like, clip that the Bangles did an episode, and there's one where they're I just literally, like, sitting on a curb. I do remember the Bangles one. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's very lo-fi. Yeah. When MTV was cool. When it, yeah. It wasn't just fucking challenge shows. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> I wonder if they even shot it in like... It looks like someone's apartment. Yeah, it looks like, but like not a nice apartment. No, just like they're just they're struggling. It looks like they're four guys who are in a band who live together and yes. aren't famous yet. Yes, and, and this like, is their like drafty loft. Yes, and this is the one video they could afford to do. <laughs> they just got a friend. Yeah, the girlfriend's holding the camera. But I don't think REM ever lived together no. as a unit, and definitely not by 1985 where they were already a going concern. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Michael. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, just the nostalgia of that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you would appreciate. Yeah. Like, I know you're not an R.E.M. fan, and this is R.E.M. being very country. Which is yes, thing, that, but, you can't get much more country than that. But it's, it's a fun clip, and I watch that a lot. I have for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just because I, like I like the vibe of it's it. It's a good vibe. It's definitively it's a good a vibe. vibe. It's a vibe. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, I love uh, the band that you picked. <gasps> For the next clip. I know of this band. Again, theater, theater kids, man. Yeah. This is uh, the Hoodoo Gurus. The Hoodoo Gurus. And I only know them for one album, which is Mars Needs Guitars. Mars Needs Guitars. You don't know the song, I Want You Back? No. Ooh, I'll have to send that to you. And uh, they had like another song, a bit bigger song. I can't remember what was on Mars Needs Guitars. There's like three or four songs. I think yeah. it's all side A. I was like, the songs, these are great. And then they did this fucking song, which is the, uh, little, the little riff of yeah. Wipeout, like, wow, Wipeout. Yeah. And everybody hearing this going, this is fucking great. It's very 60s. It rocks so yeah. hard. I, I mean, this was on that Left of the Dial box set. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, that's great. And it's just, it's a great track. They're from Australia, but this is a very American sounding song to me. Yes. One thing about the Hoodoo Gurus that I think about all the time, you know the comedian Greg Barrett? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember him hear, hearing him on a podcast or some sh- show years ago. And he was talking about music because he's a big music nerd. And I I don't remember the context at all, but he was talking about having been in Australia mm-hmm. and trying to seem cool and bringing up like, oh, I like the hoodoo guru. <laughs> but it was in like the 90s or the 2000s. And he was like, they gave me a look that was so withering like i thought i was picking a really cool sort of like alt band yeah but to them in australia that would be like someone from another country coming to america and being like i really love huey lewis in the news <laughs> or really, something like that like just their sound really speaks to me yeah something something that was popular in the 80s but it's just like that was just mainstream for them and that's so funny because that's like what i would pull out if I wanted to sound like music nerd, I'd be like, yeah, I like some of the Hoodoo Gurus. Exactly. Yep. And that, like when I was listening to Greg Barrett tell the story, he mentions Hoodoo Gurus. And I was like, I love the Hoodoo Gurus. What's he going to say about it? And then he's like, they like, I just looked like such an idiot <laughs> saying that. And I was like, oh, note to self. If I ever go to Australia, don't try to seem cool by bringing up the fucking Hoodoo Gurus. Yeah. You'll get worked. You stupid Yankee. Like that's the only cultural reference yes. you have. Or you're like, it's like the equivalent point. Yeah, men at work. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. Almost exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. But this is them doing like, wow, wipeout. The, the, of course, it's the drums. I fucking love it. Yeah. And the guitar. And also, to me, I'm like, these guys sing this song? They're such, like, odd-looking guys for this song. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the lead singer's name, but you should see him now. Oh, my he God. He looks like Phil Collins now. Oh, my God. <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's 
60-something. He's bald. He had a lot of hair then. But it was already going. Yeah, like, you it's can already, tell. He's, he's in his 20s, and his hair is already, like, halfway back yeah, to the back. It's happening sooner than later. Yeah. This chorus is great. Trying to think of what his voice similar to. Mm, I can't remember. It's another like ulti band. I yeah, we, we, we played this all the time. It's great. Yeah. I go back and forth between this and I got I want um I want you back is my favorite Who Did You song. Other song. I gotta look it up because it was almost a bigger hit. Yeah, this was one when I, I I didn't hear this before I got that box set I was talking about. That's oh, really? how I discovered the Hoodoo Gurus when I was 23. And um, this was definitely one that I like played the most out of this the whole box set. It's so good. Okay, here are the four songs. Uh-huh. That I, and I remember this because I was like, wow, this side one is great. It's these five songs. Mm-hmm. One is called Bittersweet. That's, I think that's the one. I, yeah. I know that one, yeah. That was good. I remember uh, Poison Pen. Mm-hmm. And then I know <laughs> I know In the Wild because my friends, they're, they're a year older. For their senior project, they all got together and wrote a screenplay called In the Wild. Oh, okay. Based yeah. on the song or just? No, it was like a road trip, it was oh. a road trip movie. Yeah. But they liked the song so much that they named it. But well, they the named wild. it after the yes. song. Yes. Okay. And then I remember Death Defiant. Uh, and then like Wild Wipeout that's like their side A that's a killer side A yeah Mars Needs Guitars Mars Needs Guitars both Hoodoo Gurus and Mars Needs Guitars I cannot decide if they're both great names or really corny names I think they're great names yeah, yeah. very 80s but still kind of cool yeah and funny enough I know no other Hoodoo Gurus album no nothing yeah. all I know is Mars Needs Guitars yeah, 87 uh, or 8 or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Might have been, yeah, 80, definitely 87. Mm-hmm. Oh, released in 85. Oh, really? Mars Needs Guitars? Yeah. I thought it was later than that. Mars Needs Guitars, Australian Rock Group's second album, released in 1985. Maybe it took a minute to get to the States and then a couple years spinning off. That could be it. Reach. Reached 140 on the American Billboard 200 yeah. albums in '86. Hey, it's on the hot the 200, hot 200 album list. Man. Yeah, and uh, I was happy to hear them. But yeah, didn't bother to dig any deeper into Hootie Gurus. Literally stopped with Side A of Martin <laughs> Guitar. And literally stopped with like Wow White Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, I don't think. I mean, we can't talk about College Rock without talking about REM. Yeah, and I don't think we can talk about college rock without talking about 120 minutes. No, I mean the the whole reason 120 minutes exists is because of college. college yeah, rock. 120 minutes for those who don't know was MTV's alternative music show. Yes, in from 1986 till, according to my research. 2003. I didn't realize it stayed oh, on that long. I didn't know it stayed on that long either. Um, you know, I grew up in the 90s, so for me it was Matt Pinfield. Yeah. In the mid to late For 90s. me it was the British guy. Um, I think uh, it was a British Dave guy. Dave Kendall? No, is there someone else? No, he's not British. There's, there was a bunch of hosts. Yeah. The original host was Kevin Seal. 
Yeah, that's right. Kevin Samra. The that. first couple yeah. of years of the show. Yeah. Then it was Dave Kendall from 88 to 92, which okay. is the real, like, yes. right in the sweet spot of, like, the peak of college rock and then the coming of grunge and yeah. alt rock. Yeah. Uh, before it started to, to, you know, age like a bag of spinach. <laughs> yes. Like uh, warm milk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I found a clip on YouTube from an episode of 120 Minutes from August 7th, 1988. Ooh. So we're going to see uh, Kevin Seal, who kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't have any nostalgia for Kevin Seal. I, I did do. not watch this show in the 80s. Because even when it was on, it was on at like midnight on Sunday. It was Sunday nights. Yeah. So, and I remember because sometimes I would watch. Yeah. And it was one of those things I would watch right before I had to go to bed for school. Right. But I remember watching because like, oh, maybe there's something interesting on. And yeah. mostly it wasn't for me. But mostly every now and then there would be someone good on there. Yeah. But they must have programmed it figuring like anyone who wants to watch this is going to come to it. And, yes. And so we're not going to put it on in like a prime Yeah, slot. we're not going to waste prime real estate for it. So yeah, like burying it in a terrible time slot is, slot is about right for music that is inherently like supposed to be yeah. on the margins. For music that doesn't make money for them. Yeah. yeah. But so we're going to watch Kevin Seal count down the top 10 college radio oh, chart. I cannot fucking wait. From August 7th, 1988. I cannot wait to hear this. This is great. Yeah. Kevin Seal, he was the second wave of the MTV VJs. Yeah. The first of the second wave. And he's a bit of a dork and doesn't seem like the type of guy who should be hosting no. this show. It's a wrong vibe for him. They must have, I think they just threw it at him. Because he's more like a wacky, goofy dude. Yeah, very much. But he didn't host it for too long. Hey! Keep you oh, yeah. up to date in the yeah, he's, he's like, I'm a smarmy guy. Right now, I think he just went with that. With yeah. But also these video effects. This is Dave Kendall who became the host. This is the guy. Yeah, he's British. That's what I said, Dave Kendall. Yeah. Two records move up. Two slip down. We got four non-movers and there's two new entries. The Ooh, two new entries. Number 10, it's Big Audio Dynamite with their third album. Mick Jones is bad from The Clash. Yeah. Recurring at number nine, The Railway Children. Are you? <laughs> I do not know who The Railway Children are. If you remember, then explain it to me. I'm just going to say this, Paul. Mm -hmm. Come over now that we're all vaccinated and yeah. listen to Ann's album of the Railroad Children. Oh, okay. They're, they're an Ann band? That's the only reason why I know that name. If they're an Ann band, guarantee yes. I'll like them. Yeah, it's an Ann band. We have yeah. their album. Okay. Never listened to it. That was number nine. All right. It was the tender age of 16. You in at eight, Ranking Roger's radical departure from general public oh. paid off. I didn't Love. know that Ranking Roger did a solo. No, so I. Why is down a peg at number seven with A Bell is a Cup? Wired, sure. yeah. Has a solo record out. It seems up to the six. Paul Kelly and the Messengers. Paul is proud. No idea. Me neither. No, first one. I don't know who that is. Maybe Paul Kelly was in another band. Had to have been previously. It's like Abba as one of his influences. Unrecognizable cover versions have been a campervan Beethoven trademark. Campervan <laughs> Beethoven. Any on their new album, our beloved revolutionary sweetheart, at five. And sitting pretty at this week's number four, oh, Patty Smith, Smith with okay. Dream of Life. Up to the three, the equally Oh, yeah. Oh, he had a, I didn't, Iggy oh, Pop, yeah. In 88. Right. Okay, no, that makes sense. Oh, Iggy Pop stuff. never stopped yeah. making records. Eighth album, Instinct. Number three. Still at number two, The Sugar Cubes. With Sugar Lights. Cubes. Hell yeah. Yay. And number one might really throw you for a loop. I, I never really heard of this band, and I dove into them for this clip, and I was like, weird. Okay. Next week, hopefully. And 
this week's number one sound comes from Shriek Back. It's an album called No Idea. Bang. You've never heard of Shriek no, Back either. Never. Okay, they're going to explain a little something about this band called Shriek Back. Um, and I almost chose the video that they're talking about for this episode to piggyback off of this clip, but it just sucked too much. So. <laughs> shooting a video for their cover of the KC and the Sunshine song, Get Down Tonight. And word is, KC himself will appear in it. Wow. Now listen to this. Flip, Dave. They must be wheeling old KC out for that occasion. Hey. Okay. They must be wheeling old Casey out for that occasion. Because they got Casey to be in their video for the cover-up. It's 1988. Do you know how old Casey from Casey and the Sunshine Band is? He is... He started really young in like 75, 76. So he was... I'm going to say that he was 36. He was 37. Wow. Fuck you, Kevin Seal. <laughs> he is all wrong for this. The, and I, He's so wrong for I it. I get the vibe, and I'm not going to put it too... I'm going to put a little bit on him. Yeah. But I feel like they're like, you're going to do 120 minutes. And he's like, that's not the music I listen to. They're like, well, you're yeah. fucking doing yeah. it. And so he's like... You're the new guy, and this is not our top priority. Yeah, so, so you're going to do it. And so he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll just kind of come up with this kind of smarmy douchebag guy. Because yeah. I have nothing else. I look like Ron Livingston, but nobody knows who he is yet. <laughs> yeah, not for another 10 years. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think he's panicked, and this is what he came up with. That's yeah, he's like, I'm going to do this shtick. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about alternative rock. Yeah. I don't know what any of this is. How dare you diss Casey? I'm not blaming Kevin for this. I think it's exactly... I mean, MTV was, even into the late 90s and early 2000s, like, they didn't have a ton of money. Like, everything was always... Yeah. Like, very sort of homemade. Yeah, we're like, we don't have the budget, so just come up with something. And I don't even remember the production value of MTV in the 80s, because I wasn't watching it at all. But this is, like, extremely homemade. This is very (laughs) on-brand, what they've had in the early days. It didn't change much. Right now in 120 minutes, it's this week's number two video. It's the Sugar Cubes with... Birthday. The Sugar Cube with birthday. Yeah, he's, he's never making, heard of the Sugar he's Cube. He's making weird, goofy faces. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, let's watch some Sugar Cubes. Right. But I don't want to watch Birthday because I want to watch a more fun song. I know, I know the Sugar Cubes, and I'm trying to remember the song that I know them from. Well, who's the lead singer of the Sugar Cubes? Bjork. Yeah, that's the important thing. Yeah. It was Bjork's band before. Oh, Bjork I know was what Bjork. song it is. Yes. So I found a cool uh, live show. The entire 48 minute show is on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. This is them live at Auburn University in Alabama in October of 88. Um, but I'm just going to pick one song. Birthday's great. Birthday's like their most most well-known song. But it's That's a little, what it is, yeah. It's not, it's not super upbeat, and it's yeah. a little long. So let's watch Motor Crash. That sounds familiar. Because that's my favorite Sugar Cube song. From the same album, the one they were talking about. And the baby Bjork. Oh my gosh, she's so young. Yeah. She said the biggest song is Birthday. Birthday, and another song called Hit? What? Another song they have called Hit? Yeah. I think that's on Life's Too Good. Or is that on... Is on Life's Too Good? Yeah. Yeah. This song is Motor Crash. Okay. She's 
Sugar Cubes is such a college rock name. I was going to say Sugar Cubes is such a great name for a band. And it's one of those band names that makes me think like, I can't believe no one got to that earlier. Yeah, yeah, you think there would be an obvious choice for something. Like like a Motown girl group or, you know, oh, like, that would be great. Like, yeah, I can't believe like no pop band in the 60s thought of that. That's really good. That's really good. Like in a Wikipedia, uh, Rolling Stone referred to them as the biggest rock band to emerge from Iceland. <laughs> well, yeah, until Sigur Rós, maybe. No. And then that's maybe it. Oh, that's so funny. But if Bjork didn't become Bjork, I think they'd be much more of a footnote. You are exactly you know what right. I mean? They definitely would. I forgot that there's a guy that sang with them. I thought it was just her the whole time. Yeah, it's a whole ass band. Yeah. Do you like Bjork? I appreciate the vibe. Yeah. No one else sounds like Bjork. No. Like, I, I appreciate... I appreciate what she is doing for her art. Yeah. If not really liking the music. Like, this is fine. It's okay. I it's real case by case for me, but I, I kind of like the Sugar Cubes better than Bjork. Hot take. I mean, they're more of a pop rock band. They're more... They're more, more rocky than... Ahead. Yeah. They're yeah. uh, less artsy. She got way artsy when she yeah. went solo and very experimental. But she still has that voice. She's so teeny and she just has that, yeah. like, yelp. That was... Uh, that like that's just a straight up rocker. Which now that I yeah. think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, Bjork started doing like rockers yeah. before she became Bjork. Yeah, Motor Crash is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on to your next clip. Oh, you like these guys? I love these guys. Yeah. Echo, another great name, Echo and the Bunny Man. Fuck. Yeah, one of those. Like, what the fuck? Dude? That's very college rock. Very very college rock. Echo and the Bunny Man. Uh, I loved when they came out. Yeah, I think. It was one of those I heard their music and not knowing who they were. Like they had like sugar kisses and yes and stuff like uh, that. lips like sugar lips like sugar. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And then um, and then they did and then this song uh, "Bring On the Dancing Horses," which is from the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Yeah. Which is that Pretty in Pink soundtrack is just chock nine, full, chock full, with yeah. the exception of maybe In Excess and Jesse Johnson. That's mm-hmm. a real college rock album and we've talked about them I, I always think of the Echo and the Bunny Man it's not like I'm the, the one who said this first but like to me they sound like U2 if U2 was yes. good yes yes and also the lead singer of Echo and the Bunny Man hates Bono yes you because he that. also thinks that like we're a better version than U2 but U2 got famous and we didn't quite yes. get as famous Echo and the Bunny Man they should better. have been like they, I'm sure they they did pretty well in America. I'm sure they probably did much better in the in the UK. In the UK, yeah. but they overall should have been a much bigger. Yeah, band. they're just they're just a better version of U2. I really like their music, and this yeah. song this is my favorite song by them. I like Lips Like Sugar, but this one's good. Lips too. Like Sugar's yeah. good. Bring the Nathan Horses because it's just because of the time period and seeing Pretty and Pink. <laughs> it's on the Pretty and Pink soundtrack. It's just, it's it's yeah. just got that vibe of like, oh man, I'm a teenager. Uh, it's just like it literally just brings me back. Yeah, it's very late eighties. Yeah. yeah, this is just me driving in my car, listening to the Pretty Pink <laughs> soundtrack. I don't know this video that well, but there's a cow in it. Like a lot of eighties college rock, I discovered them yes. in college in the two thousands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This is so fucking eighties. Jesus Christ. But the guy's voice is great, and the music's just so good. Yeah. 
I love the chorus of this. Oh my god. But I really do just hear them as that, like, this is what you two wishes they were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got all the money and popularity, but not the quality. I think, like, Echo and the Bunny Man are, like, the more out of the box of, like, you two wishes they were as eclectic and, like, different. Yeah. Like, you two might be like, yeah, we're fucking sellouts. Yeah, they're, they're sellout version of Echo yeah. and the Bunny Man. And then the other thing with Echo and the Bunny Men is that great scene in High Fidelity where Jack Black is taking that guy around the store, yes. picking out records for him, and he's going, what do you mean you don't have this album? And the guy goes, oh, I always just thought the Jesus and Mary chain were so, uh, and he goes, they're always so, what, they're always so what? They're always so great is what they always seem. You're complaining about you have no more Echo and the Bunny Men albums, and this band picked up right where your precious Echo left off. <laughs> I can't believe you don't own this fucking record. I love that. I do remember that. And I do, I love it because, yeah, I can see the progression of Echo and the Bunny Men. If you like, if you like them, you'll like the Jesus and yes. Mary chain. They're not the same, but if you like this, then yeah. you'll like this. There's a connection. Yes. It's, it's such a record store conversation. It's such a shitty. But also, you're like, oh, fuck off. But then you're like, well, he's right. He's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was this guy's name? What was this I name? cannot remember. I'm I swear to God, I just want to say Ian. Okay. Ian something. Or Nigel. Whatever Whatever right was like, his name is Ian Nigel. Years, right? <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, the, the, uh, I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. I but can't remember. I'll look it up. But he's got such a great voice. Oh, it's so good. Like Bono, if Bono didn't suck. <laughs> and this whole band just is tight. Yeah. I like how it's, the song's called Bring Out the Dancing Horses, and there's just a lot of horse heads in this video. Very on the nose. Well, yeah, like, well, that's technically, I think that was a unicorn. Yes, band. but in the other ones, the other scenes, it's like a lot of horse heads. Yeah. Ian McCullough. I was right! Yeah. Hey! Yeah. I, the first song I heard from them was also on a movie soundtrack. Was it the Lost Boys? No. Oh. Uh, Donnie Darko. Oh, much later. What did they sing on Donnie Darko? Opens with... Um, um, oh, now I'm blanking on the name of the song. Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the song by the church, which I think is also on. Uh, the Under the Milky Way? It's for the church? Yeah. That's a great song, too. Why you look, this is how I know Echo and the Bunnymen's good. The song that I was talking about that's on The Lost Boys, they cover the doors, people are strange, and I actually like it. That I remember. I remember going, well, this is a good song, and I fucking yeah. hate the doors. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked the doors uh, at the time that I saw them. Like, I saw The Lost Boys and heard the Echo and the Bunnymen version, yeah. but didn't care about it. So oh, I didn't okay. like register yeah. with me. It was like, who's this? And then discover Echo and the Bunny Men. Yeah, it was off, uh, of, off of that. It was a wonderful surprise liking that door song because of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, look at these 80s guys. They're so great. It's a bunch of young guys. With great hair. hair. Yeah. Oh, every, every single one of the four guys were fantastic. Yeah. It was a good band. Yeah. Good band. Good stuff. Uh, okay, let's talk about a band uh, whom I've talked about before. I think when we did our. Minneapolis episode. Oh, I can I guess? Yeah. Husker Du. Husker Du. Who I often got confused with Hoodoo Gurus. <laughs> they couldn't be I know. more different. I could never but... remember which one was from Minneapolis. Yeah. 
Yeah, always. And which one was from Australia? Yeah, constantly. And they're totally different totally vibes. Different. Husker Du is a hard, a hard swallow for me. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be your favorite. We had a little yeah. fun watching them in the clip that I brought to that, that was episode. Great, because they, were, cool. they were on the Today Show. Yes. So it was what's his name talking to Lauer. them? Uh, no, it wasn't that. Uh, Lauer. It was Gr- Brian Gumble. Gumble. Brian Gumble. Yeah. Talking to him, like, oh, we got Hoofster Do from Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, you guys play some of that rock and roll music. It's pretty loud, isn't it, guy? <laughs> You're college rock. Oh, the most insufferable nerd in the history <laughs> of American broadcasting. Brian Gumbel talking to Bob Moltz. <laughs> That's a disconnect. Here is Husker Do on a talk show from the same time. It might have even been the same month because they're promoting the same mm-hmm. album. On a different network on Fox. Oh. On a very short-lived late-night talk show hosted by one Joan Rivers. Oh, yes. yes. Which we've seen this show before, too, because we watched a clip of her uh, talking to the Beastie Boys. Yes. Yeah. She loved the Beastie Boys. Yes. Uh, she very briefly had a show when Fox was new, the late show starring Joan yes. Rivers. Sort of infamous. When people talk about, people love to talk about all the drama of Johnny Carson leaving his show and then was Jay Leno or David Letterman going to take it over. Mm-hmm. But it didn't start there because in the 80s, I'm sure you know the yes. story, but I'm telling any listeners who might not know, Joan Rivers was the permanent guest host yes. for when Johnny Carson was off the and show. he was off a lot. Yeah. Um, and then there was a point when it was like the 25th anniversary of his show where everyone thought he was going to quit. Mm-hmm. So they uh, started talking about who was going to take over and was it going to be Joan and... Anyway, she had some sort of beef with NBC. You no, know, the beef is with Johnny. What happened was no, no, no. He didn't know about no. That's the, if you. There's a whole thing on it that just on on CNN. There's a whole uh, documentary. Not at first. Yes, she had a beef with Johnny because she ended up signing a contract to host her own show on Fox. Yes, but that was because she asked, "Am I on the list of people that are going to be?" Yeah, she found out she was not even on not the even list. on the fucking list, which is yeah. bullshit. But that was her beef with NBC. Yes. Apparently, Johnny Carson was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. And then he got pissed because she went and got her own show without talking to him. Yes. And apparently, he never talked to her no. again. Till the like till his death. Yeah, they were very close, and yeah. he froze her out like forever. Yeah, after which that. is bullshit. And then the extra bummer was her show like flopped. It was only on for a season, and then Fox fired her. Fox fired her and hired Arsenio Hall. Yes, there were a couple other guest hosts, but yeah. then they hired Arsenio Hall. The show didn't become the Arsenio Hall. Like, no, he, he hosted, like his he hosted the Late Show. Yes. for a bunch of weeks, and then later they gave him his yeah, own. Yeah, they're show. like, "Hey, you were good on that. Let's yeah. give you your own show." Yeah. But from the clips I've seen of the Joan Rivers show, she had the Beasties on. She interviewed the Beasties. Yeah. She had Husker Du on. She and the this episode is from April of '87. It was literally weeks before they gave her the X. So this is like oh, at the end. Oh, wow. And it's also Ooh, it's right here. Right, Husker Du broke up within a year of this. So they were at the end oh, of their really? Yeah. Um, but when we watched her interview the Beasties, what I loved about that clip is like, she handled them so well. Yes. Because she is also a Jewish person from Brooklyn. She's yeah. like, I know these assholes. Yeah. She's like, I know Brooklyn. I know how to talk to them. Yeah. And she doesn't quite know what to make of Husker Du in the same <laughs> way. Because I'm sure she doesn't love the Beastie Boys music, but Husker Du probably doesn't make any more sense to no. her than the Beasties. And also they're just like these sort of soft-spoken 
uh, nice Midwestern boys who make yes. this loud hardcore music. Yes, where the Beastie Boys are just loudmouth jabronis being silly. Yes, so, she gets that. So we're gonna watch Husker Du perform. Uh, Could you be the one? And then I want to watch Joan Rivers try to talk to. Oh him. God, yeah. Um, but this is good. Look at her outfit. She looks great. She looks like a billion dollars. Yeah. She has no idea. She even got the name of the song wrong. It's called Could You Be The One? And she called it You Could Be The One. That's so funny. Look, they designed the set with trees. They designed the set to look like the album cover. Oh. And it looks amazing. Okay. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. What? The first time I... I don't think I know this song at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't. But just hearing it for the first time, I was like, oh, it's Foo Fighters. Well, here's the thing. This is this is Husker Du, not selling out, but like trying to appeal. Oh, interesting. I mean, look, they were on the Today Show. Yeah. Now they're on the Joe Rivers Show. to make some money. They're trying to shift some units. Yeah. And this, compared to their earlier stuff, is way more... In fact, this sounds more like Sugar, which was Bob Mould's band in the early 90s after Husker Du. Okay. Then it sounds like Husker Du. It's sort of like a preview of where Bob Mould's going to go. Oh, next. Yeah, this reminds me of Foo Fighters. But, like, good. This is like Foo Fighters the way the Echo and the Bunny Man is like you two. <laughs> I enjoyed the Foo Fighters. I have a problem. I don't like the Foo I know you. I love Dave Grohl, but I don't like the Foo Fighters. And I love Pat Smear, but did, I don't Did Sugar do anything as a band? Yeah. Um, you probably, I don't know if you would, would recognize Sugar, yeah. but they had some record hits. Bob Mould just looks like... He's a big Midwestern fella. He just looks like a farm boy. Yeah. He just looks <laughs> corn-fed. To me, I'm like, oh, yeah, he really likes baseball yeah. and occasionally dips. That might not even be the case. But that's just that's just his vibe. And Instead, he's playing this hard rock music. Yeah, and Greg has his mustache, but he used to do the thing where he would, like... Wax it and twirl it. Oh, before it was cool with bartenders. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Way before. But in this clip, it looks like he's just kind of got it normal, and his hair's sort of shaggy. He's just wearing a sweatshirt. And he just kind of looks like your uncle. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right there, yeah. Oh, he definitely looks like an uncle. Yeah. He looks like, <laughs> hey, uncle. Uh, our bassist got sick. Can you just fill yeah. in? You know the. Then he's like, yeah, it's fine. Then again, they all look like. Them. Well, Grant Hart doesn't. Grant, no. Grant Hart was uh, good looking. You like that song because it was fast and quick. Oh, yeah, so I like Mr. Do. Yeah. That was Meet Joan Rivers. She's just like, I have no idea. But they do. They look like such normal, uh, goofy guys. Yeah. Oh, go listen for the hug. Now, I'm. Come sit. You manage? Yeah. I'm sure you've heard this to your nauseous. What does Husker Du mean? <laughs> uh, okay, Husker Du is uh, Danish, and it means do you remember. Okay. okay. And how did you pick it? Because Danish is not like your average language. So just pick it up from Just kind of uttered it one night. And it, yeah, it's, a, it's a children's board game also. It was popular in the 60s and 70s. And out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> Are you Danish? Any one of you? That is why I love their band name because it sounds like such a metal name. Yes. But it's actually named after a children's band. I did. I just learned that right now. <laughs> oh, you no didn't know idea. that? Did no idea. Uh, uh, no. Well, that makes sense then to me. Okay. Now, you used to be 
because I've been doing my homework on you a little bit, really... <laughs> Five minutes before yeah, the show. I read this piece of paper that I was given. Much more radical. We used to be 17 and 18 years old as well. It, uh, you used to be much more radical. She's like, so you've sold out. <laughs> yeah. So what's that like? So you <laughs> evolved over the course of eight years. Are you getting knocks on this that you're coming up? Because you signed with Warner Brothers, which is a very... You fucking sell out. Yeah. She's calling them out. Yeah. yeah. Why couldn't you stay independent? But I also don't think she has a clue about the politics of no, like she has no indie idea. labels and yeah. what it means to sign to a major I label. think there's someone younger who's like, you just ask these questions. Yeah, exactly. Doing anything is to knock people who are... Yeah. But you find yourself playing That's different so kinds of music. When you went from being radical to moving... <laughs> How have you changed? I think, you know, with anything you do, any kind of craft or any kind of art, or, you know, anything, as you get older, you know, your emotional spectrum becomes a little more involved, a little wider, and it's not just screaming about how messed up the government is and how much you hate your parents anymore, you know. It's, it's singing into a better medley. Yeah. Also, Bob Mould looked yeah. like he was Give 40 his entire he life. He does look older than anybody. <laughs> is. He looks like a gym teacher. Uh, uh, or like a health old. teacher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love him. He's he's the best. I guess calm. I guess calm. And you're the calm one. one All right. One of, yeah. And you're? Uh, I'm Greg Norton. And I'm sort of, uh, His stash is great. Halfway yeah. in between the calming influence and the, the wild influence. All right. So and? These. I'm Grant. And uh, obviously, you're the wild boy. R.I.P. That's what they tell me. I don't. <laughs> it's like they're not the monkeys, Joe. Yeah, they're not the thing too. Like they, <laughs> which one of you is the cute one and the shy yeah. one? And they're the... just, they're just like normal dudes. Yeah. So like, I think they were expecting some sort of like loud brash because of the music. They were expecting some sort of like, oh, they're, they're going to be crazy. No, that's that's the that's that's what I love about the Minneapolis bands. Yeah. Is like their music is very like nuts, and then they're all just like these shy nerds. Yes. Yeah. I guess I guess I'm somewhere in between. Wonderful. Will you come back again? No, no. Like Joe, you're not even going to come back again, Joe. Neither one of you are coming back. Okay. No. Oh my God, you're fired and they're breaking up. Yeah, this so is, this is it. <laughs> Savor this moment because that's all there yeah. is. And we're not going to watch it, but they did another song. I'm like, how much time were they trying to fill? Wow. I was trying to figure out who is the guest sitting on the uh, couch. Oh, I could I could have looked it up, but I didn't. Nah. All right, introduce your next clip. Oh, fuck yeah. Love and Rockets, man. Yeah. No new tales to tell. I like this band. Yes. How how do you like this band? Just from, like, any Just, memories or any... This was, like, 87. Mm-hmm. And I remember this is, like, this is, like, the stuff you would hear. It wasn't, it was on the radio a bit, but this also, I remember hearing this in, like, the teenage club called the Cosmopolitan that I've talked about oh, a lot. Yeah, the teen club. The teen club that on Sunday nights you go dance, and this was like as as college rock as they got because it was okay. kind of a dance tune. Okay. So they would play this, and you could still dance to it. I'm racking my brain. I thought Love and Rockets was something else before Love and Rockets. Like they had a different name? No, like the lead singer was from something else, I thought. I might have to look that one up too. Um, let's play it. Let's play it because this song's great. I forgot about this song. It's so good. And we're just watching the, the music video? Yeah. Yeah. Love Rockets. This is so late 80s ish. Oh, that's it. Former Bauhaus members. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a way different vibe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could not get into Bauhaus. That's why yeah. I was like, yeah. When goth goes mainstream. Yes. Yeah. 
This is like, hey, we did some stuff early on. Let's make some cash. Yeah. But still in a good way. Uh, the Cure sure is making a lot of money doing a, a, yeah. an acceptable version of what we do. Yeah. Hey, those guys Depeche Mode, they're doing arenas. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was... Uh... Or it's also like... Um, uh... Yeah. I forgot about this song. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah, so it was just danceable enough when it gets yeah. in. Because that beat. I should ask Anna. No, because she loves she loves this song. But she probably also likes Bauhaus. She loves Bauhaus, but I always wonder. Maybe it's just my friend Carlos. If like we would be like, no, they sold out with Love and Rockets. Yeah, no, he would be right. It's it's like guys, Kirk. Kirk Pinchon is just, he's not going to the goth club and he's not dancing to Bella Lugosi's dance. How do we get this kid to move his feet? We want him to dance. Yeah. Got it. Let's form this group. We'll just I, call it Love and Rockets. Mission accomplished. Now I remember their other big song, So Alive, and that's not a good yeah. song. Yeah. I don't like So Alive. Oh, blow it out your ass. Yeah, this is song. so much better. This hits harder. For love and rockets. So alive is good. It's oh, it's one note. It's just the so same alive. thing. Can't take my eyes off you. No. Oh. Yeah, but this one is good. And then this gets this gets all quirky with the guitar coming up. Why is there a monkey? Because it's alternative. Why are there bumblebees dancing? Same reason. <laughs> Blind Melon loved this video. <laughs> That's right. Blind Melon bit this video. Yeah. Is the monkeys playing the pan flute? Yeah, this is very uh, proto-alternative. Al yes. I so remember this in that club. Yeah. <laughs> like, you didn't dance that much to it, but it was it was a hit, so they played it. I know this song, but I've never seen this video. I oh. love it. It was on pretty heavy rotation. Yeah. This is like the college radio... Success, where because like they played this on mainstream experiment. Well, I actually love that you like this, but not so alive because so alive is so much poppier, and I would have guessed the opposite. I think so alive seems boring to me. It's because it's just like this, like has levels, yeah, which I enjoy, and it's got the bit, it's got the beat. Well, so alive is just like that one note, yeah, alive, so alive, yeah. It's so funny watching this now going, oh, this used to be members of Bach. Yeah. Like, named after an architectural movement, now you're called Love and Rockets. It was, look, it was the sellout decade. I Everybody mean, wanted and I to it. go mainstream and make money. That's part of the no reason why I love the 80s, yeah. where they're just like, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. There's, there's money to be made. Let's stop fucking around. See, then they take the music out. Ooh. Yeah. I bet it's going to come back in. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. <laughs> Nailed it. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that in a minute. I, I am surprised you like it, yeah. but I'm glad you do. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, You want to talk about the Vaselines? Sure. Do you not know the Vaselines? I I swear to God, I think I know them because of you. Yeah, here's why you know the Vaselines, because they were Kurt Cobain's favorite band. That's... Although, yeah. Kurt Cobain had favorite bands the way Quentin Tarantino has favorite movies. He's like, this is my favorite one ever. Right, like every, like every year he will 
in some interview will list his top five favorite movies yeah. and it's like five different movies yeah. or they're in a different order. Whatever Moody's in. This is one of Kurt Cobain's favorite bands. Um, uh, Nirvana covered three of their songs in recordings. This oh. is the first one that Nirvana covered. He named his daughter after the singer Francis McKee from this band. Oh, wow. He really liked the Vaseline. He enjoyed them. And, uh, and I think when you hear them... Like you can you can see like oh yeah Nirvana is doing punk combined with the Vaselines oh you know what I mean it's this very sort of sing songy lo fi Scottish mm. pop duo and it's like yeah if you filter this through punk that's what Nirvana sounds oh interesting like. I didn't know it was a duo either yeah this is uh, you're gonna hate this <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're gonna hate this. Um, this is Molly's Lips, which is from their second EP. Oh, I love the title of that song. Do you know the Nirvana song? Because I know that you like Nevermind. I do like Nevermind, but I don't think I remember. Their cover was on a single, and it's, oh, okay. uh, it's on Incesticide, which is their, like, rarities and B-sides. Oh, okay. But this is the Vaseline's version from 1988. <laughs> There's no way you can convince me this is from the 80s. This is from the 60s. Hold on. 100%. Here's my favorite part. That bike horn. Here it, here it comes again. <laughs> this is not from the 80s. There's no fucking way. No, it's from 1980. Oh my now, God. this video, I don't know if this is an official video. I think it's a homemade for YouTube video. Okay. Uh, even hearing this, I go, oh, this is from 68. It's very twee. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But this is the shit that Kurt Cobain liked. So funny. Like, this is his favorite shit. It's so odd that yeah. this is what he loves. You know Jesus Doesn't Want Me for a Sunbeam from Unplugged? I know the name. That's a Vaseline song. Oh, okay. I love the name Vaseline, too. Yeah. You're surprised they got away with it, considering it's trademarked. Yeah, exactly. It's like how Kleenex had to change their name. Right? The Vaseline's never did. Nope. They, you know why? Because they were college radio to the core. Yeah. They didn't sell out. So. I mean, again, wouldn't you just be like, oh, this is 68. This is like a little bit of flower power. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's unique. It sort of stands outside of time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did all their stuff sound like this? Yeah, kind of. Huh. I mean, that's why I love, like, when you break down Nirvana songs, Kurt loves melody. It's very, like, la, 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 la. Like, but, you know, real fucking fuzzy and and faster. Fuzzy and faster, but melodic. Do you want to hear the Nirvana version? Yes, I do. Let's hear that, because I'm confused. Um, Let me pull it up real quick, because I didn't plan for that. No, we're taking on an audible. It's a straight cover, but it's just, it's a Nirvana version. And you're like, yeah, it sounds like a Nirvana song. (laughs) Oh my god! But that melody is there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I might know this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be any Nirvana song. It could, that's true. Yeah, he still likes yeah. like the sing-songy stuff. Yeah, Nirvana is punk versions of Vaseline. Songs. Yeah, that's wow. That's the that's the that's the alchemy. That's kind of a revelation. Yeah, that's why they were great, man. Because Kurt really just had he, like the most eclectic taste. Oh yeah, 
that's almost like like from what came out of him just said like oh he liked that Vaseline song you're like really yeah and they recorded that only like two years after the original Vaseline's version again I was like again I swear to God I was like wait that can't be right no they're only two years apart because it was 68 that they did this right yeah I swear to God I thought that was from 68 Mm. holy shit 88 wow yeah uh, okay, we've you've you've talked about this band before. Everyone loves these guys. I mean, Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yeah. How can you not like them? I'm probably wrong about that. I'm sure a lot of people hate Natalie oh, Merchant's yeah. voice and fuck them. Uh, I feel like it's a love it or hate it kind of voice. I love it. I love it. I mean, uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs. This is from In My Tribe. Mm-hmm. Big hit, like the weather. And this is my favorite one. I like this more than uh, I like this more than What's the Matter Here. I don't think I know this one. I know this is I know great. The, the this, 10K Maniacs big hits, but I'm not sure if I know this one. Maybe when I hear it, but... First of all, love that you just called them 10K Maniacs. Well, you gotta save time. I fucking... That's cool as <laughs> shit. God damn it. Yeah. This, to me, is, for me, the epitome of college radio. Okay. Hearing this, I go, this is college radio. This is college radio. It's the softer side of college the radio. Softer side, the softer side. Yes. The feminine side, maybe? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. maybe. It, it, Proto-Lilith fan yes. of the 90s, yes. but yeah, there's definitely a place for it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know this. Oh, yeah. No, this does sound familiar. Yeah. Natalie Merchant just dancing around. Yeah. Just Is that the same loft from the Lisa Lohan <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I love this song. Yeah. And I do like them more than I like her solo stuff. I agree. Yeah. I agree. This is every theater guy's girlfriend. Really? Oh, my God. All the guys were just like, you know. Wait, you mean everyone had crushes on Natalie Merchant? Or yes. all their girlfriends were like a version no, of No, all the, all the guys had like, if they were like, they're like, they love Natalie oh, Merchant. Okay. Like yeah. that look, that vibe. Yeah. Like if they're like, find a girlfriend like that. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Cause she's she's talented and can sing and she's yeah. quirky. She's dancing. She's got great hair. Yeah, great hair. Yeah. She's kind of a little shy, but inhibited. Not inhibited with her dancing. <laughs> There's a lot of projecting going on oh, here. For, yeah. so much. <laughs> uh, so many theater guys like, oh, yeah, I love her so much. And I vaguely remember her. Uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs. Sorry. 10K Maniacs. <laughs> 10K Maniacs and uh, Rem. See what I mean? Yeah. And they the, were and like the 10K Yaks. <laughs> yeah, 10K. <laughs> they were like real tight, I think. Oh, were they? Yeah. Where are the 10K Yaks from? They're American. Yeah, but I don't know what town they're from. If they're I don't from Georgia, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't think they're from Athens. Though. No. But Southern makes sense. But you could really, you could say any city. Oh, Tulsa, sure. It's, yeah, I guess so. Um, let's let's uh, look. Yeah, Walla Walla. Okay, yeah, they could be. From oh there. no, they're from Jamestown, New York. Oh, <laughs> New York. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just bonded with the uh, Ariel. Yeah, the being were... late '80s college rock. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe like they the, opened for them or something. I think it was something like that. Yeah. Like the way she's dancing now, yeah. that's like they're like, oh, she's so cool. She's just like, you know, doing her own thing. <laughs> she's not like a trained dancer, but yeah. she's just into it. She's definitely the arty kid's dream oh, girl. Oh, yeah, 100%. What's she up to now? She's still, I mean, she she had a big, she had a lot of solo hits she in the 90s. She had a huge album, Tiger Lily. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wonder if, like, she 
probably still tours. I wonder if she tours with 10,000 Maniacs. 10KX, I'm sorry. 10KX, yeah. KX. Anytime someone asks, says 10,000 Maniacs, I'm like, oh, you mean 10KX? Yeah, they're great. It's like how uh, the, the replacements go by the mats. <laughs> because everyone everyone would mishear their name as the placemats. So, so nickname, their nickname among fans is the Mats. Oh, see, that makes it. Yeah, so I, I like to imagine the 10,000 Maniacs fans call them the Yaks. Yeah. And I call them 10KX just because yeah. <laughs> But that's not a thing. I just made it no, up. No, we're making it. It's very nerdy of me. Yeah. yeah. But this album, this also reminds me. Um, one of my one of my dear friends in high school, Hamad, mm-hmm. loved 10,000 Maniacs, loved REM, all the college bands. Yeah. And he used to get the CDs and preserve the long box. He wouldn't shred it. Yeah, my parents did that with some albums. I and, bet they still have some of their long boxes. But what he would do is he would put it on his wall. Yeah, they were great little mini posters. Yeah, right? and yeah. so we had an entire wall just of long boxes. Yeah. And I remember being in his room going, I hate all these bands, but this is cool. <laughs> this looks so fucking cool. I still, look, long boxes were gone before I could, uh, my age was in double digits. Mm. But I still regret the loss of long boxes. I understand it had to happen because it was just a complete waste it's of packaging. It's so bad, yeah. Um, and that they only invented them because they needed to be able to shelve them with LPs. Yes. Right? But they were such great... It was such great packaging. It was so exciting. Wasteful like as fuck, but it yes. looked great. It looked great. Yeah. So wasteful. Yeah. It's heavy on the bottom, light on the top. You shred right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. I could Because I just remember my parents giving each other CDs for like Christmas gifts mm-hmm. you know and I can I can remember oh, the long great. boxes yeah yep. almost the, the name of our podcast lost, long lost Reagan podcast yeah uh, let me see what is my last clip oh the meat puppets hey let's talk about the meat puppets I know them by name yeah that's it I think I've talked about them before maybe not brothers oh. uh, 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 Kirk Kurt and Chris Kirkwood. Ooh, that's rough. As as a Kirk, do you get driven nuts by people calling you Kurt? Does that ever happen? I get so many different things. Yeah. Not just Craig. Yeah. Uh, I get Kurt, Curtis, Kevin, yeah. Kyle. So I'm kind of used to I A hot take, I don't even particularly like my name Kirk. I've never really liked Kirk, it. Kirk, no. Oh, but yeah. this, this guy's name is Kurt Kirkwood. That's terrible. Shame on the parents. So, <laughs> But he's a genius. He's the best. Um, this is the title track from their third album, Up on the Sun, from 1985. My favorite Meat Puppets album. And this is sort of their... Again, it's the mid-80s. They started hardcore. Mm-hmm. They started extremely loud and extremely fast. Well, with a name like Meat Puppets, you'd think they yeah, would. Yeah, and extremely abrasive. Another one of Kurt Cobain's favorite albums. That's a uh, Favorite artists. I um, They covered... Three Meat Puppet songs on Unplugged with the Meat Puppets on stage with them. But all those songs were from their second album, Meat Puppets 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Up on the Sun. This is when they like, this is their, uh, uh, Kirk Kirkwood calls this their beer and pot album. And they went a little <laughs> poppier, but like in a psychedelic way. Okay. But like as poppy as the Meat Puppets get, because they're real weird. They're from Arizona. Oh. And like not a lot of. I know that Aaron, like Phoenix has a scene, but mm. not a lot of big bands came out of. I couldn't think of any of uh, of Arizona. But to me, this is like this is what Arizona sounds like. <laughs> it's like real weird and like deserty, but in a peyote kind of way. 
They're just weird. But this is a live clip. This song is from 1985. This is a clip I found of them doing a concert in 2013. Oh, Jesus. Uh, in the Bing Lounge, as in Microsoft Bing, the alternative oh, to Google. No. This is like a web oh. a web show. This is the Meat Puppets in the Bing Lounge. Wow. Doing uh, the title track from Up on the Sun, which you'll probably hate, <laughs> but I love. The Bing Lounge is already hysterical. One oh one point nine kink. And they still got it, these old guys. This is definitely like what you said, like Arizona peyote. Doesn't it sound like yeah, yeah. this is this is what I imagine like this is the sound of yes. Arizona. Everything is dry and hot. It's just open land. Yeah. And they just look like like truckers or, yeah. or farm guys. Yeah. Or, you know. Just never left the area. Yeah. Just dusty. Yeah. They look dusty. They look dusty. But in, in a cool way. There was a bad review of this album at the time where someone said... Uh, Kurt singing sounds like a starving dog begging for food. Uncalled for. And you know, sometimes you hear a bad review of something you love and you're like, were they listening to the same thing that yeah. I was listening to? And in this case, it's that thing of like, no, yeah, you're right. Like, we heard the same thing, but you just don't get it. Yeah. Because that's a great description, but that's why I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the strong point. Yeah. Yeah, he does sound, sounds like a starving dog begging for food. Now, yeah, see, to you, that's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It's unique. Now, I definitively don't like this. Yeah. But, honestly, I'm shocked. Like you said, I thought it would be a little more aggressive. I mean, a lot of their music is very aggressive, but this is sort of, this is their sort of psychedelic, yes. chill-out, druggy album. Yeah. Because they just wanted to do something different. Like, who's going do was telling Joan Rivers. You can't, stay, you can't stay angry forever. No, you can't. You get older. Yeah. You get older, man. But yeah, like this This sounds like no. I don't listen to them, so I could be way off. I'm like, Is, this could be fish. As far as like SST, like they were on the same label as Black Flag and the Minutemen and stuff. crazy. Well, this is a different sound for them. But yeah, as far as SST bands, they're like the fish of SST. Okay, that makes sense. Because it's got a jam bandy vibe, but like without sucking. But you're, <laughs> but you're saying this song is from '85. Yeah. And is this version fairly true to the album? Yeah. Yes. Okay. This sounds like this sounds like a song that they were like are older. Like it's 2013. Let's mellow out, dude. Just some of them less, more mellow. No, it sounds like, like it was made in 2013. It's that, but it's like, well, we're in our late 20s now, and, you know, I've got a kid now. <laughs> but they were definitely doing something different on this album, and I think it's like their most accessible album. I also appreciate the musicianship. Yeah. Because oh, when I hear Meat Puppets, I'm like, oh, is this going to be some punk band? Then it was like two chords, and they're just banging on it for the fuck's sake. Yeah. But they're like, they're like legit... He's a great guitar player. I love his. It's you. They're the same way you know Bjork is Bjork when you hear her voice. I feel like you know a Meat Puppet song when you hear it. I like the drummer a lot. Yeah, I like Chris. Chris, the bass player, is he's actually the younger brother. Okay, but he's he had a lot of rough years. He was 
addicted to drugs for many years. He went, he was in prison for a little while. Wow. And he was actually, they didn't talk to each other for like 10 years. Oh, wow. And the band was pretty much dead. Uh, but eventually he got clean and then Kurt brought him back into the band. Oh, good for him. Yeah. But he looks a little worse for wear. He's, when they made this, he's probably in his early 50s. I mean, they look old. And, uh, yeah. Like, well. Now they're going to take off. Now yeah, they're going to Yeah, now they're not going to fuck around anymore. I also like that, like, he's performing in just a hoodie. Yeah. He's just got a hoodie on. He's like, yeah, I'm from Arizona. What, what do you want? They're so... I've never spent time in Arizona, but to me, it's like, this is Arizona. Yeah. This... <laughs> And uh, one of my best friends, Josh, who did our theme music, is from. Oh, okay. He's from Phoenix, and he like fucking hates Arizona. But he's like the Meat Puppets. <laughs> That's like, funny. I'm glad that Arizona people are proud of the Meat Puppets. Yeah, you gotta be proud of something. Yeah. I don't like the sound he's doing with the guitar, but it's cool the way he's fucking doing it. Yeah. You wanted a jam band sound, and I mean, they're, they're taking off now. I didn't want the jam band they're sound. They're their Grateful Dead But, uh, yeah. Yeah. What did the Grateful Dead call their jams? They're, like, annoying? <laughs> I don't no, that's know. that's what we call them. I don't, I don't even know what they call it. But he's, like, uh, shredding. He's but also not, shredding, not even shredding. But he's but not even, like, in a, in a good way. He's, like, not even trying. Yeah, well, he's tapping. Yeah. But he's, very, he's so low-key about it. And he's got a lot of effects on it. But yeah, the song's getting worse now. Well, the uh, the studio version doesn't go off into yeah. an exploration I don't like need this. this freeform jazz exploration. <laughs> but it's closer to jam band than yeah. one. Now it's like, now it's like, it sounds like uh, Jimi Hendrix, Third Stone from the Sun is what it sounds like. Oh, that's funny. And now he's just going off. Yeah, he's having fun. In the Bing Lounge. Sponsored by Microsoft. Oh, I'd love to know if the Bing Lounge is still around. <laughs> no, I don't. It's just somewhere. <laughs> is Bing still around? I think Bing, Bing still is exists. still around. Now I gotta look at Bing still around. It, it is. <laughs> Does anyone use it is the question. Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna make this. <laughs> There's another minute of this, but you get the I get the yeah, get the I get point. the I get the free form of yeah. inspiration. I just like that because I love all meat puppets, but my favorite is their accessible album. That's really <laughs> interesting coming yeah. from you. I wouldn't call it a sellout. They didn't like go to a, a they didn't song. go to a major label yeah. or anything. Um and they certainly didn't get the mainstream radio airplay that like REM or even Love and Rockets got. Yeah. Uh, until the 90s when they had a big hit um, but yeah I like I like the stuff from Buffalo. the other song that I love even more than uh, the title track is Swimming Ground but Ooh, uh, is that harder? no it's actually even lighter that's so interesting it's even more it's even more happy wow yeah who yeah. knew that, especially from a band called the Meat Puppets I love pop music this was like yeah I like Nirvana but I also like how melodic they are yeah. and uh, their Vaseline's cover Okay, we have one more clip. Yeah. But as by way of introduction, let's watch more one more 120 minutes college radio top ten. Oh, countdown. good. Yeah, let's hear it. Like, see if I can uh, identify. This one's from 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 80, 88 or 89. I think it's still Kevin Shields here. Whatever. Kevin Seal. Kevin Seal, but I'm not. Yeah, Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine <laughs> is hosting. Yeah, here yeah he's doing a wacky show again. And the big question is. 
HTC be number one hey. again? What they might mean? For some three weeks Why are you talking like that? Yeah. <laughs> no other act. That's right. Three weeks, Kevin. I'm glad you've been paying attention. Thanks, Dave. You're Just much cooler. Kevin, see you. You'll be gone very soon, Kevin. Now I'll be taking over. They're giving this guy the show. Oh, throwing muses. Throwing muses from Rhode Island. I can hear them weeping in the green room. Still at number nine, Morrissey with the last of the <laughs> Of course. Love the music, hate the guy. You yeah. in at number eight. Hell yeah! I know the name. Yeah. That, that was the band. That was the Minutemen after D Boone died. Okay, and I know the name of. Yeah, and then Lou Reed's New York album. Former number one record, Lou Reed with New York, and down one place another. Six. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fine young cannibals. Fine young cannibals who were on IRS with REM and. Uh, I have this album still on CD. The Raw and the Cooked. Oh, it's so good. I mean, that's the one with the hits. Is there another Fine Young Cannibals? There's album? the first album, which uh, is just called Fine Young Cannibals, which had uh, Johnny come, uh, Johnny, uh, won't you come on home? Uh, I love that on the album cover, it's FYC in huge letters. Like they wanted us to call them that, and yeah. no one ever did. No, because after this album, they they broke yeah, up. Yeah. Roman Orzabal. No, no, that's... Uh, what was the guy's name? Is it, uh, oh, shit. Roman Orzabal is Tears for Fears. What's the name of the guy from? Roland Gift? No. It is Roland, though. Yeah, Roland. Yeah, okay. One to number four, the Wait, hold on. Let's go back. Was that Glacier? I, I don't know this band, and maybe Anne does. I don't know. Places to number five, Guadalcanal Diary with Guadalcanal Diary. Have you ever heard of Guadalcanal Diaries? Okay, neither have I. On to number four, The Replacements with Don't Tell a Soul. Sure. Oh, yeah. And down one to number three, Elvis Costello with Spike. Oh, Spike. That was, that was his big. Number two, Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. Oh, that's an Anne one. And re elected for the fourth successive week. There you go. Mayor of Simpleton and Friends. The number Mayor one. of Simpleton is a delightful song. Sure, it's oranges and lemons. That was, I mean, XTC had been around for a while yes. in 1989, but this had very many major hits. On yeah. It. yeah, oh yeah. The alternative album is Oranges and Lemons from XTC. Back to you, Kevin. Thank you, Dave. Now let's go over to City Hall. The re-elected mayor of Simpleton is making his acceptance I, I mean, speech. He's asking for a kinder, gentler city, but I almost feel bad for him. I do legit feel bad for him. Like he so doesn't belong yeah. here. He, it's the wrong vibe. Yeah. I feel like anybody who was watching 120 minutes for this music must have hated it. Like, can you just play the music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing bits. He did a thing right there at the end where he just kind of shrugged like I that guess. face. Yeah. He knows this He's is like, wrong. Know this is wrong. Yeah. Uh, but that was by way of introducing our final clip, your yeah. pick. Ecstasy King for a Day, yeah, which not, I... Not Mayor of Simpleton, I but another I struggled. Brand. I was like, which one do I want to put on? Choosing between the two? Yes. I think you made the right choice. Not, I don't think it was as big a hit. I know Mayor of Simpleton. I hear Mayor of Simpleton yeah. a lot more. Yeah. But I think this is the better song. Yeah, and I like this better than Dear God as well. Oh, Dear God is what I say when I hear the beginning <laughs> of Dear God. <laughs> Yes. I love XTC. Yeah. I hate Dear God. Dear God's terrible. It's so pretentious. <laughs> Fucking shut up, Andy, with your... It's it's like... It's everything that people hate about atheists boiled down into a pop song. Like yes. the smug, like, I'm yes. so smart because I don't believe in God. Yeah, it's like a girl sing the Oh, you part. believe in like a spaceman with a beard who lives in the sky? Oh, I'm sorry that uh, you still believe... Like... I am yeah. an atheist, but even I hate atheists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and dear God is like the purest form of that. Yeah, I hate it. But that said, 
The whole rest of XTC's catalog is oh, great. Oh, great, yeah. And Makes his plans for too. Nigel, and yeah. Um, but yes, it doesn't surprise me that your favorite... <laughs> it sounds condescending, but like... <laughs> yes, no shock. Yes, this is... They went They went from like really early hard new wave to like sort of post-punky to yeah. like late 80s, almost mainstream college. Yeah, rock. this is definitely mainstream college right now. Yeah, this is a very pleasant song. Yeah, I enjoy the song immensely. It's... It's like very really soothing. Really like crisp, clean production. Yes. A real 89 vibe. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so good. They said, let's sell some records with yeah. this one. Let's, let's make some cash. Yeah. We alienated a lot of people with that God song, Andy. Yeah. Let's Which, write some pop hits. Again, it's one of those things where you're like, he, he could have just written pop songs forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that thing like that Prince did where he was like, I learned how to make a hit song by my second album. <laughs> it's like, it's like, he's like, yeah, I can make, I can make pop songs. This song is so soothing. Yeah, my, I, I love XTC. I love their songs, but I don't like Andy Partridge. I can see that. Were you the one who's telling me that like, who looks like British Bob Mould? <laughs> yeah, 100%. percent. Oh, 100%. Like, it, uh, Andy hated would not tour because he was definitely afraid of being on stage. Yeah, I think it was something like something. that. Something. There's a reason why they didn't ever tour with their stuff. Either afraid of it or just hated it. Yeah, like so much was like, I'm not even going to do it to promote my stuff. I know Nick Drake had that problem. Oh. He's a much different sort yeah. of artist. This is also the time of uh, music videos where they're like, yeah, we're just going to perform it. That's it? Well, we'll do it in black and white. Right, because then it'll be fancy and we'll yeah. wear these hats. Yeah. But we're not going to do anything else to sell it. Yeah. This is almost like VH1 level. It, it, I mean, it, it just straight up is. Yeah. Um, it's VH1 going, we're going to do some college songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we needed Nirvana to be like, Okay, college radio is getting a little bit too clean. <laughs> Let's fuck it's it up. A little bit too shiny. Yeah. yeah, we need to scrape some of the the gloss off of this. Yeah. Not that this is bad. Oh no, it's the one. I would be curious to be like, what's college radio today? Well, my favorite radio station is KXLU, which is out of Loyola Marymount, mm-hmm. which is like really college radio yeah like and what it is is they'll like one morning block will just be like weird elect like edm and then they'll play like sludge metal like because music yeah. has become so niche yes in all sorts of subgenres of subgenres of subgenres yeah at least this college radio is like yeah, each DJ just has their own format, and they play the kind of music that they play. That's what KCRW is, which makes sense. Yeah, I think that's Santa Monica College. Mm-hmm. So it's not co- it's not the radio for the college, but it's done. I thought it was done near, in Santa Monica College. Yeah. But yeah, every DJ is like, this is what you, this is my taste. Yeah. This is like Garth Trinidad. He's like, I'm just gonna play all these rare R&B and rap stuff, and yeah, yeah. But I'll drive like I'll I love KXLU, but I'll turn it on sometimes. And depending on what's on, I'll either be like, well, this has to, I have to turn this off immediately, or I'm just going to listen to this for the next hour. Like, 
I remember driving to work early in the morning, like to work at 7.30 a.m. This was a few years ago. And the guy just played like a Lightning Bolt album. <laughs> the whole thing? Yeah, there was, it, it might have been like Lightning Bolt hour. He was playing many different Lightning Bolt songs. Yeah. <laughs> it was like side A of, yeah. Know. But I remember hearing like Dracula Mountain on the way to work. <laughs> At 7.30 in the morning, I was like, this is way too early for Lightning Bolt, but I'm going to listen to Lightning Bolt. That's so funny. That's like similar to Casey Devo. He's not on anymore, but Henry Rollins used to be a DJ for it for several years. Yeah, I remember. And, I yeah. used to listen to that. Yeah. He played whatever the fuck he want, and then one day he just played the Bee Gees. And he's like, <laughs> the Bee Gees are great. And you're yeah. like, wow. He just like out of the blue is like, I'm playing You Should Be Dancing. There you go. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but cancel you. I almost never hear something I already know. Oh, meaning you're just like, I don't know what this is. And yeah. Um, and I do a lot of Shazamming when I listen to <laughs> How does it make you feel? And a lot of it's real. It's, and it's the kind of thing where like half the time even Shazam is like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> She's like, don't look at me, dude. No idea. And it's not in English, so I can't like Google lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, but yeah, that college radio still exists. There's a, there's a show on Wednesday afternoons that I remember listening to the year that I moved to LA and it's still going and it's called She Rocks and it's all like just female bands and female artists but like punk and oh, like wow. Riot Girl and, yeah. and that kind of thing. That's right up your alley. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so that's been going for at least 10 years. Wow. Um, so yeah, but it's it's very um, schizophrenic. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? That's college radio. It's not just like in the 80s where it's like there's mainstream and then there's yeah. alternative. It's everything's alternative. Music is so hard to, it's impossible to like pigeonhole anything yeah. anymore. Yeah. Because everybody's just got their own thing. Everybody has their own thing and that's what they listen to and fuck yeah. everything else. Yeah. So it still exists in the sense that like, yes, you can still go to college radio to hear things that are on the margins, but because the mainstream is so niche, the margins are now real weird <laughs> yeah 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 it's super super weird because everything is niche yeah exactly so this is the niche of the niche yes yeah um but i love this stuff i think the 80s is the best decade for music fuck yeah it is. um mostly because of that that left of the dial stuff yeah from the 80s yeah uh so um i've been wanting to do this episode for a long time for about 15 months and as a matter of fact all of the rest of this year we're going to be doing episodes we wanted to do for a long time because we made this schedule in 2019 <laughs> yes and here we are getting to it halfway through 2021 oh my god what the fuck we're sort of like the college radio bands who were underappreciated in their time but then in the 90s alt rock came along so they had their moment yeah. We're having our 2019 moment now. It's right. In 2021. We're being rediscovered two years later. And I'm going to have to go to the chiropractor for that stretch. <laughs> Yay. Um, but that wraps up our long-awaited wow. return to our format. Long Boy, that felt good. Oh, yeah. Boy, that felt good. Oh, it's like it just said that. I love watching, an awakening. I love watching videos on YouTube with oh, you, man. It's fucking great. It's, it's fucking good to great. be back. But that's it for this episode of Music Raygun. The show is produced and hosted by me, Paul Champanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Our original theme music is by Bagweed. Check out his music on Bandcamp. That's Bagweed, B-A-G-W-E-E-D, all one word. He has a new EP out called My Dinner with Andre, and it's really, really good. Love that title. If you like Music Raygun, and you know someone else who might like it, 
please tell them about us because word of mouth is the best way to share the show. Until next time, see ya! Remember that? Hell yeah!